The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple Jesus coming soon, a landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To start off today's program, the church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, 
We'll give praise to the Savior by singing the Spirit-inspiring song till the storm passes by. When the storms of light beat down upon us, it is comforting to know that we can find a wonderful hiding place beneath the sheltering rings of our Lord and Savior. He's able to calm the seas, part the waters, and bring us to the bright and peaceful shore. As we stand fast and wait on the promises of our Lord, He's able to roll the clouds away and make a way to victory.
the church band under my direction will play the song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Yes, television viewers, we can pray and have a little talk with Jesus any time of the day and anywhere we are. Prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God, which moves the whole world. Pastor Seth Makanasana Sr. will sing the beautiful song, The Savior is Waiting. Our Lord and Savior is waiting at the door of your heart today. Won't you let Jesus come in and accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord? For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. Waiting 
Church Choir will now sing their second number for today entitled, I'm Going to Keep Walking. We need to keep on in our daily walk with the Lord by standing where the Lord has placed us and never give up. To accomplish this, we will keep on our spiritual armor and pray always. For those that will keep on enduring temptation, there will surely be victory ahead as we keep on 
pressing toward the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Please follow along and keep on singing with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
section of the band under the direction of Sally Spotcap, who played the song entitled, God Gives the Victory. Yes, viewers, in our spiritual walk with the Lord, we wrestle against temptations, principalities, and spiritual wickedness in high places. We are comforted to know that we are never alone, for God gives the victory. Praise and thank the Lord that He's there to fight the battle and make a way for He is only a prayer away.
Our vocal group today is Associates Marvin and Sherlyn Abing, who blend their voices in sweet harmony to the delightful song, In His Time. There is no problem too big that the Lord cannot solve. There is no mountain too tall that the Lord cannot move. In His time, He is able to make the crooked paths way straight and turn all of our tests and trials into glorious victories. At this time, it gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to Noah and Denise Taylor of Seattle, Washington. May the Lord pour forth His bountiful blessings on the both of you and keep you safe in the hollow of His sweet hands. Have a beautiful Sunday.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and location in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view a Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held daily at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. as prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Waiasano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esper in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esper in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. We all need comfort, strength, guidance, wisdom, and solutions to the many unending problems we encounter in our daily lives. What better way to address our human perplexities than by seeking and turning to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to fulfill those needs? I thank you for joining us in today's telecast. I sincerely pray the Lord will touch your hearts, and the sermon I have ready for this telecast and entitled, I Die Daily, will be in that important step in the right direction which you seek. The premise of Paul's epistles addressed the facts of the gospel, the need for exemplary faith towards the importance of Christ's resurrection. Once converted, Paul directed his strength towards the faith 
to the degree that he considered all that he achieved in life was of no profit to him. This change of heart allowed him to attain the knowledge of Jesus Christ without distraction. Today, one's faith may be challenged with a lack of sincerity, stamina, and devotion the believers faced during the time of the apostles. Though Jesus did manifest his power over evil spirits, through the raising of the dead and numerous mighty deeds, the disciples then still had a difficult time putting their trust in something they could not understand. The doctrine was new to them, and it was a far cry from the traditional worship that they were familiar with. One might think that the greatest sin in the world today is adultery and fornication, given the permissive lifestyles people choose to live in. Murder might be at the top of someone else's list due to the violence in the world. Abortions and euthanasia might be a more sensitive issue with others. Yes, these are serious circumstances and are prevalent. These situations oppose the life and sound doctrine Jesus wants us to live. However, the greater sin the world will be convicted of is failing to recognize and believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only answer to salvation. Let us read in Romans 10, 9, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. In Paul's letter to Corinth, Paul wanted the believers there to understand the seriousness of denying the reality of Jesus' resurrection. Our faith is vain and worthless unless we accept all the claims of the gospel as true. It does not take much error for the whole substance of belief to become tainted. Heresy often begins as a small yet wrongful variation of scripture. If one claims the Bible to be false or questionable, then many other important aspects of the Bible will be questioned as well. Remember, we cannot pick and choose what we will believe or how we practice faith. Jesus said it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Let us read how Paul stood boldly in the face of adversity within the church. Let us turn to and read 1 Corinthians 15, 30-34. And why stand we in jeopardy every day or hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought the beast at Ephesus, what advantage have in me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Paul protested against the skeptics of his day. And so must we in these latter days. Skeptics find pleasure in raising questions about spiritual truths. Indeed, there are advocates of the devil whose purpose is to divide and destroy the work of the Lord. Instead of bringing themselves to the faith, they proceed to disprove the word of God, unfortunately to their own destruction. We can liken this to Phineas, who protected Moses in the face of contempt. Venus was bold and fearless in the defense of righteousness. Though the person he opposed was a fellow Israelite, I die daily, is a statement that says one gives his all every day for the sake of the gospel. For the believer, making sacrifices for the sake of the gospel is second nature. 
persecuted for righteousness' sake, tests and trials, and suffering the perils of life are done with confidence, knowing that there is a greater recompense of reward. Paul put it plainly that he would not have confronted the strong and exasperated unbelievers of Ephesus if the reward of eternal life did not exist. He further made a cutting remark to them and said, if the promises do not exist, let us live it up because there is no hope. We should not be deceived and must wake up to righteousness, thereby avoiding sin. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead affirms that he conquered death, avoided hell, and thus gave all believers the hope of eternal life. His resurrection from the dead tells us that we too shall rise on that last day, whether we are in the grave waiting to be called or privileged to be standing on that morning when the trump of God sounds. Come up hither. It is by this hope that the believer finds the strength to endure the hardships of persecution. At an appointed time, Jesus will return. There is a designated hour when he will come to gather his jewels from this sinful world. Every believer who embraced the promises and have died in the faith will rise again. And those who are still living will be changed as well. Thus, he took offense when statements made by members of the church discounted the resurrection. In the latter days, every true born-again Christian must bring himself to this conclusion. We must be able to believe the unbelievable. Jesus brought the gospel with him. Through the gospel, life and immortality have been brought to light. Let us read in 2 Timothy 1.10, But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished death and had brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Man's greatest need is life, spiritual life. He will not find it in his own works, achievements, nor in religious observances. Life is found in only one person, that is Jesus. He not only gives life, he is life. Until we receive him as Savior and Lord, we will remain dead in our sins and without hope. Let us turn to and read Mark, the first chapter, 14 to 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the times fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Yes, television viewers, if you firm believe in the second coming of the Lord, then you will find the gospel of the kingdom of God stirring and comforting. The urgent need for salvation compels the righteous soul into the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many preachers in this world, but only a few are bold enough to tell the congregations the correct and only way one can be saved. Today's preachers focus on charisma, revenue, and popularity rather than declaring the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. There are sermons that just matters that bring comfort and arouse interest about Jesus' return but nothing is said assuring the soul that they are saved from the consequences of sin. They preach on the tribulation and of the wrath to come, but no comfort is found if one is not assured that one has been delivered from it. They preach of Jesus coming in clouds of glory, but such preaching is of no value to the souls if they fail to be part of their meeting in the air. When Paul spoke of the gift of tongues and of the gift of interpretation, he humbly said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, 19, I thank my God. 
I speak with tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Thusly, television viewers, failing to tell you of the gospel of the kingdom of God would defeat the purpose of this telecast. And I would be remiss in my calling as a pastor and a preacher of the gospel. The scripture reading Mark 1, 14 to 15 tells us how Jesus' ministry brought life and immortality to light. It was not a continuation of John's ministry, but the fulfillment of it. When Jesus was acknowledged by the voice from heaven after completing water baptism, John's ministry ended. It was also confirmed when John was beheaded at the hands of Herod. We are reminded by the scripture found in Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The time is now, television viewers, to consider the salvation of your soul, because today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. My rejoicing is in this, that you will respond to the gospel of the kingdom of God wholeheartedly. In the last days, Jesus was doing wonderful things within the church. And I might add, the true church was spread over the entire world. Today, the Lord is perfecting the body of Christ in righteousness. He is emphasizing the need to live righteously in an unbelieving and gainsaying world, but perfecting the fear of God. Having the fear of God is the initial step to salvation. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is the key Jesus referred to in his conversation with Peter while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. The combination of water and spirit makes the born again message complete. Born water refers to baptism in Jesus' name by immersion. Being born of the spirit refers to the infilling of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. Water baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through water baptism, we are being identified with Jesus in name, in works, and in faith. You might say that I have been born again by the word, and no water baptism is necessary. That could not be farther from the truth. The scripture should not be taken out of context. The Bible should not be gainsay. Neither should the righteousness of God be a matter of convenience. Thusly, making the scripture found in 1 Peter 1.23 to mean only hearing the word of God is sufficient for salvation is erroneous and contemptible. Born again by the word means to be obedient to it, just as one abides by the speed limit posted on the highway. Peter's epistle to both Jews and Gentiles was to have them place their faith and hope in God, to purify their souls by obeying the truth of the spirit and to be born again not by the things that are perishable, but by the things that are incorruptible and immortal. Let's read in 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The foundation for our understanding is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in exercising the fear of the Lord. 
Paul willingly gave up all that he had achieved in this life so that he could learn of Jesus. In other words, he not only dedicated himself to the service of the king, but removed everything in his life that would prevent him from experiencing the fullness of Jesus. The fear, to fear the Lord means to stand in awe and reverence of him. Reverence means to honor and respect as we come to know Jesus. We are exposed to his ways. We learn of them and from them. Therefore, we can honor the Lord by keeping and obeying his word. To fear and reverence Jesus must be heartfelt and not considered as merely an accumulation of knowledge. The Pharisees prided themselves in the legal interpretation and application of the scriptures, but lacked the company of the spirit to find eternal life. They had the zeal for righteousness, but lacked the knowledge, understanding, and importance of the name of Jesus. Their legalism and traditions prevented them from finding the truth. Thus we read in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Likewise, Naaman of 2 Kings chapter 5 thought similarly when he sought the healing of his leprosy from Elijah. Elijah instructed him to go and dip seven times in the river Jordan and he would be cleansed. But Naaman, being wise and prudent in his own eyes, thought that Elijah should just speak the word and he would be healed. He further argued on his behalf, preferring the rivers of Damascus as being better than Jordan. His servants then said to him, If the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? Naaman was cleansed of his leprosy because he finally conceded to the instructions. We can also bear in mind that no such healing of leprosy occurred until Jesus began his ministry. Thus, TV viewers, the answer is clear as to what you must do to be saved. Let us read in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Water baptism was exercised before and after the crucifixion. Jesus was baptized, setting a good pattern of good works for everyone to follow. After Pentecost, the change to the ministry was the manifestation of the Holy Ghost and the inclusion of the Gentiles in the gospel. By reading the book of Acts, TV viewers, you will see how converts were baptized by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin is not removed by faith only but also by obeying the word of God. Water baptism creates a new creature in Christ because it symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Our sins are washed away to be remembered no more, and we are free to serve the Lord in the newness of life. Let's read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Have I said in the past, no matter how intriguing the sermon topic may be, this telecast would be empty if my sermons did not include the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel is not complicated, and its authenticity and power has been proven many times over. I encourage you viewers to contemplate the scriptures you have heard this morning. Because it is in the heart of God that all men come to the knowledge of the truth and repentance. What is indicative of the times is the 
unfailing faith of those that have been saved. The Word of God is suited for every generation and era of mankind. Like unto Paul, we preach the deity of Jesus Christ, His resurrection, and His coming with bonus and confidence. However, there are some that try to persuade others into believing another form of the gospel. But in reality, it is a deliberate attempt to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's read in Galatians 1, 6 to 8. Our marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As in other cases, Paul rose in defense of the gospel with righteous indignation. The word pervert means to lead or turn from the right way or from the truth, to lead astray. In the last days, believers must be adamant concerning the importance of the gospel. The message in the form of the gospel is adequate and is the authentic power to save. However, if that message is perverted, it then becomes a powerless philosophical approach to God by man. This is unacceptable. The truth of the gospel is this. Jesus bought the gospel and is the author of it. We must preach the word of God as it was taught by Jesus himself. There is no other messenger that bought the gospel of good news. Angels announced the birth of Christ, but they did not preach the gospel. John the Baptist was a forerunner of God, preaching repentance, but he himself admitted that he did have the keys to the kingdom of God. The Bible is the word of God, and it's a sufficient source to find salvation. To take the Bible out of context, or to twist its meaning, or to add or delete from it places one in contempt. When we fight on behalf of righteousness, the cause cannot be considered as a small matter. To give up a part of a righteous cause is to pollute the work through compromise. To give up a portion is to give up its entirety. This we cannot do. As believers, we have a responsibility to defend the gospel against those who would change, pervert, and diminish its effectiveness. However, before we can defend it, we must be committed to it. Paul tells us of his commitment to the cause, as you read in Galatians 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loveth me and gave himself for me. Thus, regarding the resurrection of the righteous, Paul was confident that it was going to happen. He had no reservations about it. Let us turn to and read in 1 Corinthians 15, 20-24. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God. Even the Father, when he have, shall put down all rule and all authority and power. The reason and order of the resurrection is being explained here. No matter what history may say or what science might invalidate, Jesus rose from the dead. This is the very premise of the gospel. Secondly, through the disobedience of man, death came about. 
It therefore became necessary that the resurrection from the dead be originated by the man Jesus Christ. The scriptures speak of Adam where all are destined to die because of sin. Whereas in Jesus, the second Adam, life is eternal, is assured. The order of the resurrection is most comforting. Jesus rose from the dead after being entombed for three days. He is the first fruit, in other words, the one only one that rose from the dead at his will. Secondly, we see all those in Christ, those who have obeyed the gospel and have embraced the promises of God. We will be resurrected and be part of that meeting in the air. When he comes in clouds of glory and says, come up hither. On that day, everything will be made complete. For now, we understand in part and we prophesy in part, and we do not fully understand what we shall be when he comes. However, we do know when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. The church band will end the program with a toe-tapping song titled, Bring Them In.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.